What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey, and make sure that you go check us out at natebailey.org. Get a audiobook for free from my latest book, The 100-Mile Mindset. Check that out. All we need is your email to, to get that to your inbox, uh, as well as you can check out the past episodes and guests that we've had on Championship Leadership Podcasts, as well as some of the programs that, that uh, I provide for business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, executives that want to continue to take their life, their leadership to the next level through the ULW experience, the 21 day leadership bootcamp that we have online, as well as our CL24 championship leadership, 24 hour experience. So today's conversation was a great one with Elliot Marshall, Elliot Marshall out of Colorado, former UFC fighter, um, incredible uh, story and background that he has definitely dealt with some adversity uh, throughout his life. And uh, we get into all of that. We, we have some incredible conversation. Um, he, he's, uh, he's got some incredible stories. He's, he's a trainer. He's a coach. Uh, he's, he's training uh, UFC fighters now. He's, he's uh, transitioned from being an athlete himself and a fighter to now coaching and training others that are following in a way in his footsteps. So it was a really fun conversation with that. I want to get you into Elliot Marshall. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership Podcast. Uh, we got Elliot Marshall with us here today out of uh, Colorado. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Nate. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, so I always like to kick off our conversation with this the name of the podcast, Championship Leadership. So um, I'm interested to hear your your answer here as a former UFC uh fighter and athlete and now uh, also as a coach and a, a trainer of other fighters and athletes as well. Uh, what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Can you get someone to realize their potential? Employees, athletes, whoever it is, you yeah. know, everyone has a, whatever their potential is, can you be a guide to increasing it so that they, and, and then first making, make sure that they actually can realize like wherever they're, current potential level level is can 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 they achieve more 
Mm-hmm. And then can you push, can you push that, can you push it up a little bit? Yeah. Um, I love that. What is there like, is there a moment where you realize that like, all right, you know, when you see the athlete or the fighter, maybe that realizes that, Hey, like kind of, obviously you're always trying to grow and get better. Right. But at the same time, reaching that potential, like you said, is there a moment that you see it and you know that it's happened or what's that like? What's that process? Man, I think it's when you see someone realize, uh, I don't know, when you see someone get good with who they are, when when you see them know, know who they are, first of all, that's, you know, that's the most important piece. And then realize that outside events can't really touch that unless they allow it. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's when you can surpass. That's when you can really start to achieve. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if you think that this outside event is going to destroy you, um, it, it's a limiting factor, right? Mm-hmm. Very few people can uh, work under that kind of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I see you got uh, the man in the arena behind you. Uh, I got two quotes, man. This, these are the quotes that I live my life by. First, Martin Luther King over there. And then and when we can get into why, if you want. Yeah, but, you know. yeah absolutely. Man in the arena is like one of it, It's kind of how I try, I try to uh, live my life for sure. So right. it's part of what I do. So I personally believe that you can't do the man in the arena if you don't do this one first. Yeah, can you share that one? Yeah. So that one, this one is the Martin Luther King quote. It says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So first and foremost, you have to love yourself. Yeah. Right. You have to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then it's impossible to, to really do any, to really achieve, to like really, really achieve. It will crumble. Even when you do achieve, it will crumble because you don't love who you are. So then it leads to the next question. Who are you? What does it mean to be you? Like when I ask, what, who is Nate Bailey? What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? So I know who I am. And it took me a really long time to, to figure out who I am. And it took a lot of crying and uh, therapy, you know, a lot of everything, a lot of meditating, a lot of, you know, but I know who I am. So now that I know who I am, so let's do my I am's real fast. I'm a father. I, inside father is husband, you know? Uh, I'm a teacher, I'm a student, I'm a fighter, and I'm a survivor. And all of those things right there make me enough. So my question for you, Nate, is which one of those things could you falsify? Make one of them true. Make one of them false. Could you do that? Could you do it? I'm asking you. Try to make one of my I am's. Uh, Teacher, father, teacher, student, fighter, survivor. Uh. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know how I couldn't unless he would, unless uh, your actions weren't really truly lining up with that, right? But even when they don't, go ahead. Uh, you're not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Why don't you call some of my students? And when I die, uh, even if they leave me today and ask them if I was their teacher, what's their answer? Their answer is yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. Yes, right? right. It has to be yes. So it's yeah. always true. I'll always be. It's considered someone's teacher at some point. Yeah. Right. So they're all true. Like, yeah. the, and they can, the only one that can be falsified is survivor. Cause when I die, I'm not a survivor anymore. Okay. But every other one is, is true all the time. It's always true. So if that's who I am, and those are the things that, that bring in, that make up Elliot and they're always true. No outside event can touch them. If I do something really well and I make $10 million, Oh, look at me. Good job. But does it touch who I am? Nope. If I do something really terrible, right. And I fuck everything up. Right. If I just destroy 
whatever project I was working on and I lose $10 million. Does it touch who I am? Nope. So I, I, I am, I, I try very hard to be what I like to call unfuckable with. You just can't fuck with me. Yeah. So if I'm unfuckable with, it gives me the space to do this. Yeah. The critic can't count. Yeah. The doer, you know, the only one that counts is the doer of the deeds. So I can just walk into the arena over and over and over again. And I can try and fail and I can try and do really well, you know, either, either one. So when I'm really successful, cool, good for me. When I'm not successful, all right, we'll try again. But it allows for this idea of what's what I like to, uh, what one of my coaches likes to call neutral thinking, right? Where like I can go up to an eight and I can go down to a six, but I kind of hang out at seven all the time, right? So nothing gets too high and nothing gets too low so that I, you know, so that I just, I just stay golden, you know, I'm golden all the time. Yeah. I love that. What's, uh, is that something that you take into, uh, the, the, these athletes that you work with? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? How much time do you spend on that? Every day. Yeah. Like I'm about to get on the phone when we're done. I have a, she just fought a couple of weeks ago. So she got a little bit of a break from me, um, <laughs> but I have a meeting in, you know, in 50 minutes yeah. and at, like, if I, if you could see my phone, she has to text me every day, what her IMs are. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Every day she texts me during fight camp. That way it's fucking, it's so solidified in her head that the fight won't fuck with her. Yeah. You know, like, so she can go out there and actually try and, and actually put it all on the line because she's not afraid of said outcome, you know, and what that will do quote unquote to her. Like, yeah, sure. You'll have less money, but man, come on. We've all fucked up some money before. Right. Right. You know, like when we've all made money before and whatever, you know, it's, it's your choice whether or not you let that touch you. Yeah. It's your choice whether you not let you let the opinions of the outside world touch you. It's your choice whether you not let the opinion the opinions of anybody touch you. Mm-hmm. Maybe share a little bit more about you and like, um, you know, how how's that path on that journey to get there? Like, have you always loved yourself? Um, oh God, no. I'm guessing no, but yeah. No. Like, what was that process? What was the story? What maybe maybe give us a little uh, peek into. Uh, that journey for you. And yeah, how you so, you fire. know, I call it the gospel of fire, baby. Like you, uh, you know, you have to go, you have to go get forged yeah. and, and, and the sword gets forged in the fire. And that's the gospel. You know, for me, that's the gospel. I'm not super religious. Um, I am very spiritual. Where, where this, where, where did it start? It started as a young kid being born in 1980 to a black dad and a Jewish mom whose parents survived the Holocaust, you know, and I'm not, and not the Holocaust here in America. Uh, the concentration camps they they dealt with hitler so uh fear was always my life you know but if you if i'm born in 80 rewind my dad's life my dad grew up you know in civil rights so when he couldn't use the same water fountains and the same bathrooms you know he's 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 experienced that you know Uh, so uh you're afraid and for good reason right like not not you know from my dad's side and obviously uh I hope we don't have to explain the atrocities of the Holocaust. So, um, yeah. yeah and, and your whole life is based in fear, like your entire life, like still to this day, man, like I was uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when I was going to the fight, uh, and we get quarantined with the UFC, right? Like you fly to Vegas, they put you in the hotel. You don't leave the fucking hotel. <laughs> so <laughs> for uh, five days, okay. uh, 
So my dad like goes, Elliot, be careful. And I'm like, dad, I'm going to be locked away. <laughs> yeah. like, like I don't need, like, like I, but he can't help it. Yeah. It's, it's so ingrained in him. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then it like, you know, and then I had a tough life where I, you know, in the, in the sense a, t- a tough life in the sense of at some point, let me, let me back up and say, start that over. I had great parents. My parents were fucking amazing. My nuclear family, amazing. Like no one had a better nuclear family than I did. But at some point your parents can't do it for you anymore. Right. Like I got these two boys in the room next to me sleeping. They're 11 and one's about to be eight here soon. I'm running out of time with the 11 year old. Right. He's going to need the outside world. Right. He's going to need his peers, his friends, his, you know, to fill his cup up. Your parents can't fill your cup up. I heard a really good line uh, the other day. It was in a show for, for kids. Um, you are always, as parents, you are always theirs, but they're not always yours. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. they go away from you. Yeah. you know? So, you know, uh, we moved to a new town when I was eight years old. And, you know, when we, we were building a house there and we drove up, you know, spray paint with swastikas and Niger's go home and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so we weren't going to be very accepted in this town. Yeah. And we weren't. And that continued all the way through high school where, you know, it was, it, I had, you know, two friends. Neither one of them went to my school. Uh, I could go up. South Jersey. Okay. I know it's, it's so crazy to people, but you know, like everyone asks me this question, where'd you grow up? But it's, you know, this, this was my life. Uh, and, we, and everyone's like, oh, South Jersey, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Right. And you know, you like, where'd any, where'd any of us grow up? It, it could be your town too. Right. You know? We just don't know. Uh, Cause you have to think it's 1980. There weren't many black men married to white women at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super kosher. Yeah. Right. right. It's 40, it's 41 years ago now. Yeah. Almost, right. So yeah. uh, not crazy, normal, yeah. <laughs> right. Normal. That that's what, that's what the world was. So, um, that was crazy to think it was 41 years ago, right? Yeah, 40, <laughs> I know <laughs> we're old. How old are you? How old are you? Uh, 40, I'll be 45 here soon. So, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that, that was my life, uh, alone, alone, except martial arts. I always had martial arts. I started karate when I was six years old, and that was like my savior. That's what like martial arts saved my life. So, that is my. That's most of my childhood. Yeah. Know? yeah. So what was the road to, uh, to the UFC for you? So the road to the UFC was, um, first Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. You know, I found Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and right when I was 17, 18 years old, uh, my, I had a friend who was doing karate with me. He dodged my, uh, he died. We, we were going to the national tournament and he dodged the, the adult division, he went to the old man division. And you have to think karate is not the UFC, right? So you'll fight your friends. It's only point sparring. So you don't really hit each other. Yeah. And he dodged my division and I was like, you fucking pussy. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> he was good. He was very good. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, you think, you think I'm a pussy? He's like, come over to my house next Friday. And I was like, sure, I'll fuck you up then. So I go over his house and I had no, in 1997, I had no clue what jujitsu was and he was doing it and he beat my ass. And I was like, oh man, I got to learn this stuff. Um, so I learn it and, 
uh, a little bit. Okay. Because the closest school again was an hour and a half away, an hour away. Um, yeah, it's not like today, right? Where you can, right. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't like today. There's no, there's nothing called Uber. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, there was no mass transit by where I lived. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, like if there was Uber, I would have taken the Uber. Excuse me, I would have taken Uber to a bus station, but that didn't, there's no way to do that. Yeah. So um, I know everyone's like, oh, you can make it happen. Um, You couldn't, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) I had a bike. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, And you can, and an hour and a half by an hour by car is like six hours by bike. So, no. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So I learned a little bit over the summer, you know? I go back to school for my senior year of high school. And then some of these wrestlers heard, you know, I was talking about it and someone something, I don't know. And they were like, yeah, we'll roll you up. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I just wanted to see, because I was so intrigued. Yeah. And they didn't roll me up. I choked them out. Yeah. And I wasn't even good. I, I was nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a little pot. I got a little taste of people liking me. Uh-huh. Right. Cause I, you know, I got it. Cause I had lost some weight over the summer. I was a late bloomer. Right. So I was getting more fit now. Uh, a lot of things came to fruition for me. Uh, and then I like, you know, I, I wanted to be accepted and I started to be accepted. So like, how could I be accepted more? I, I, I just said I was going to fight in the UFC right there because people started to like me. I was like, Oh, people will like me more if I do that. But I couldn't say like the NBA or the NFL because you know, I'm a senior in high school. I don't even fucking play on the football team. You know, I played on the basketball team, but I, but I barely started. So, uh, from there I moved to Colorado. I meet my teacher who's now my business partner, uh, trained my ass off, barely graduate college. Don't ask me. I still have dreams that I didn't graduate from college because I have no <laughs> fucking clue how I got that done. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, Nate, I would like go, huh, I haven't been to class in two months. Maybe I should go. <laughs> and I'd walk in and, I'd, and we'd have a test. And somehow, I don't fucking know, I guessed right, you know? No way. I wow. guessed right and got, and got a <laughs> C yeah. minus. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a math major and I would, I would, I would go to math class 80% of the time. Uh, and I would, I had these friends that I made my freshman year and they would, I'd go to their house three nights before the test and we'd cram, they'd show me everything. I'd memorize it, get enough for the test, pass the test and then fucking forget it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember anything, nothing, yeah. not a single thing. Yeah. But I got really good at fighting. Yeah. So that was it. One day my wife, you know, after I graduated, I was working at a bar, you know, she was kind of sick of it. And she was like, so, uh, this is real cool and all. And I, and I love that you're doing all this jujitsu stuff, but you don't make any money. You like real money, like where a life goes. So fight or get a job. And I was like, man, who the fuck wants a job? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) So then I took, then I got a fight. And then I got on the ultimate fighter and yeah, there it was. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's incredible. So what's, uh, who are some of the people, championship leaders, coaches, mentors that you've had? And you mentioned a coach and now business partner of yours, but, um, you know, who are these people that have really impacted your life in some form or fashion? Uh, yeah. So the first was this guy named Mike Garaguso. He was my karate teacher. Um, 
in, in New Jersey from the time I was six until the time I was 18. Um, he was an intense dude. Yeah. You know, he was an intense dude, but he was, uh, he was always fair. I would say, you know, he was like, and he, he made me work. He made me want more. Like I can remember when I started working for him, uh, he paid me with the quarters out of the soda machine. I would get rolls of quarters for my work and it was a little embarrassing, right? Like everybody made fun of me, but I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to, it's not going to stay like this. I'm going to work more, you know, to, until the point where I can get a check. And I started getting a check, right? I was on payroll uh, and I got to really learn. I started teaching martial arts when I was 13 years old. So I really learned how to teach and how to become an instructor and make someone else be able to learn. So he was the first one. Um, Amal Easton was the second uh, really great coach that I had um, and, and person in my life. And then there, you know, and then there were a couple more, uh, Dwayne Ludwig, Greg, Greg Jackson and Henzo Gracie, who really helped, uh, you know, forge my young adulthood, I would say. Yeah. What, what are some of the characteristics that really stand out, uh, amongst some of those that really have stuck with you? Informed who you oh, are? they're all different. They're all so different. You know, uh, Amal, for example, Amal lets you go be you, you know, like, He's, he's not too concerned. He lets you, he lets you be you. Um, so that, that is an amazing quality that he has. Dwayne is intense as fuck, man. Yeah. You know? Dwayne was like, no, again, no, again. Like Dwayne, Dwayne gave me grit. Mm -hmm. Dwayne gave me grit. Greg Jackson showed me that he really loved me, you know, but at the same time, you could really love someone and make them run up the sand dunes and think they were going to die when, and he's smiling. You know, where you think you're on your deathbed, but he's like, we're great. We're great. So he showed us that calm, you know, like it's all in your mind, right? Like all of this pain and all of this suffering, it's not real. It's, it's in your mind. You might be in pain and suffering, but it doesn't have to be this bad, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, Henzo's in some trouble right now. He's being a little uh, crazy on Instagram and stuff like that, but God damn Henzo. Uh, He's hard to explain. Yeah. I don't know how to explain him, but Henzo's the, the most famous Gracie, probably one of the most famous. He's the one of the most well-liked. Yeah. But if I, but if I, yeah, if I called him right now, he would come. Yeah. You know, he would come. Uh, he said, a friend doesn't come in to, to break up a fight. A friend comes in with a flying fucking kick. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like he and then i forgot somebody else jay jack you know jay jack is you know one of them as well because and what i would say is he and henzo are very similar they live their life by a code uh, and you might not agree with their code mm -hmm. but they fucking follow that shit to a t yeah you yeah. know they follow that shit to a t they have core values and, and again, I, I won't say that I agree with everyone's core values, but they have them. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't follow them. Most people break them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Henzo's in trouble. Henzo gets in trouble. Yeah. Right. And you know, the most famous story for what he got in trouble for was a nightclub story. 
you know, where he beat up a bouncer and the bouncers, you know, he's, I think he's still in the fucking lawsuit or something. I think he paid the guy, I had to pay the guy like 200 grand. And he said it was worth every fucking penny Yeah, because the dude called a girl standing in line fat, not his girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Not his girl, not anybody he'd ever met before. Yeah. And he said, you need to apologize. And the dude didn't apologize. So he fucked him up. Damn. You know? Yeah. But he lives by a code of values. Good, yeah, absolutely. My friend Jay has a, what he likes to call a guest list and a fuck you list. Man. You know, again, a code of values. So yeah. I'm his, I'm one of his best friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we don't have to talk all the time or anything like that. Um, but I, I get my guest list and my fuck you list. So my guest list, he asks no questions. If you're on my guest list, you're good. He'd do anything for you. Yeah. Anything like literally, literally I could die and 10 years later, my wife could call him and he would do it. Yeah. His fuck you list again, as he asks no questions. Yeah. You're just on the fuck you list. I could be wrong in the situation, but Jay does not care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jay does not care. So he lives by a code of values. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, there's definitely something to be said about that for sure. Um, values that you live by what's that do you have a code of values that you live by mm -hmm. yeah yeah my four rules I'm, I'm sorry my six rules of life uh can you share yeah you have to do jujitsu you know and these are metaphorical and figurative so you have to do jujitsu you have to learn how to swim you have to look people in the eye and demand respect and get respect back uh if you're scared you have to go do it if you uh you make your money work for you you don't work for your money and then the last one is you ride or die. If my brother goes down, then I go down. Yeah. Those are powerful. What's Those are my what's values? Gonna, you have to learn to swim. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man. Uh, so again, I'm African-American, right? And the leading cause of death for uh, African-American children over two years old is drowning. So uh, got to learn how to fucking swim, you know? <laughs> uh, so... And swimming to me is being able to tread water. It's not being able to actually swim. It's, can you float? Yeah. Can you, can you not go anywhere? Yeah. When, when, when times are tough, right? Sorry. You know, when times are tough, when it's very difficult, when COVID hits, can you learn how to float? Can you learn how to stay alive? I had a business that was not going to succeed during COVID, right? I teach martial arts schools. We're the antithesis of social distancing, Right. But could we float? Could we make it? I have seven schools. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a big nut you got to cover at, right. uh, every month with, yeah. with, you know, no, with no students coming in. So did, do you have the infrastructure and the structure in your business to float and in your life? Can you just tread water yeah. so that when, when the current dies down and, 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 you know, every storm runs out of rain when, when the storm goes away that you can start to surge again. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What's, uh, how, how was the transition for you from being a fighter yourself to, to now, uh, helping others along? Apparently that terrible. It seems so easy. Yeah. I just, I just started the next day. Did you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't, I, ha I had my friends still fighting and I, and I was a good coach already. You know, I was, I was teaching a lot. I was teaching them a lot already. So it was super easy, you know? Uh, 
So that was natural. You've always naturally found yourself mm-hmm. you know, through work and experience, of course. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I've taught since I was 13 years old. Yeah. I've always been teaching. So, um, so the, the, the physical transition was, was easy. The emotional mental transition, probably not so hard. It led to a breakdown in 2016 where, um, the, the demon, the demons and the devils of my past that I had never dealt with came home and then they said, hello. And they're like, yo, you're gonna have to deal with us. Yeah. You know, this anxiety that I have, I've always had, you know, little bouts of anxiety through my life. Um, Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna have to come. Like we're either going to take over your life or you're going to take charge of your life. So I had to learn how to take charge of my life. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, let's start to wrap this up here. Um, what is the, what's the vision for you the impact you want to make? Uh, even- uh, oh, I have it right here. I have what I want. Oh, the impact I want to make. Oh, I just want to touch a life. I want to touch, a, touch like one that. life at a time, you know? Life at a time. Yeah, man. I want I want someone to be, you know, what do I want to be? I want to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi of someone's life. Right? Like I uh mm-hmm. like I'm a I'm a I'm an old Jedi, right? Yep. And I'm not gonna go fight Darth Vader anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to go fight Darth Vader. Yeah. And I wanna be you and I'm gonna be your guide. Why is that? You just just something inside you that's always been that way, or I mean I'm the same. I just where that comes from for you you can leave a legacy, right? Yeah. But if it's, it's, if, if, if it's based on personal accolades, you're going to have to be the goat, right? You're going to have to be a goat. You're going to have to be Michael Jordan. Right. Um, the odds of that are very, very small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you could be, if you, if you could touch someone else and then really change their life for the positive, you change the world as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. then how many people can you touch? Yeah. Can you go touch somebody else? You know, and can you, can you, your impact on the world for the good might be just as good as, as Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, so, uh, unfortunately, look, I'm 40. My, my Michael Jordan days are over. <laughs> right. But, we are, we are a socialized, uh, society where we need other people. So that's why I guess that's, that's yeah. what I would say. You know, people, so many people touched my life, right? Like for such a, in such a positive way that like, uh, I, I can't pay it back to them. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can do is pay it forward to somebody else. Yeah. I love it. What's, um, Final question here as we as we wrap this up. What, mm-hmm. now, what are one or two things that you know if the listeners were to take action to implement today for themselves, outside of everything we've already talked about, um, you know what would that be? Well, first of all, I would ask everyone to sit down and figure out who they are. Yeah, you know, like go through like what does it what does it mean when you say I am? So uh, I am Elliot or I am Nate, whatever that may be. What 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 is put some put some work into that, and then. Well, you know, what I did was I have a 10, a five, three and a one year goal. And I, and I, you know, like my one year goal has to help lead to my three year goal. My three year help lead to my five year, my five year to my 10 year. So where do you want to be in 10 years? Like, what do you want your life to look at, look like? Because, you know, so often we, we go, oh, New Year's resolutions, right? Like, yeah. and then that shit ends by February because it's not pointing at anything. Yeah. What's the North star of your life? 
where, where, where do you want to be? What do you like, you know, like, you know, who do you want to be? What will you have? What will you have to do? Yeah. What's uh what's the tenure for you? Um, my boys love sports, love yeah. them, love yeah. them. And they just play and play and play and they're, they're pretty decent. So, uh, I would love them if they want to, you know, some of this is dependent on other people. Yeah, you um, so if they still want to, I would love for them to be playing college ball. Um, I, my wife and I traveling with them and I have booked speaking engagements to go along with some of the travel, you know, um, I would like three to four big vacations a year with just me and her, um, quarterly Jocko style, like retreat seminars, uh, weekend retreats, uh, three big revenue sources, a a successful Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition team. And then I still, uh, I want, uh, I want Anna to be a world champion if she still wants to be a world champion. Uh, so, you know, I've had this student since she was 15. Yeah. Uh, and then I would still like to be teaching on Tuesday and Thursday nights. Like I was teaching, like I am teaching right now. Awesome, man. That's my 10 year goal. Love Not a lot. Appreciate nothing, it. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Right. Nothing uh, too crazy. But clear. That's for sure. What's uh, anything else for the listeners before we wrap this up? Yeah, man. You know, go check me out. Fire Marshall 205 on Instagram, uh, my website, elliotmarshall.com. So yeah, go check it out. See if there's anything that you re- that resonates with you. If it does, give me a follow. That's it. Yeah. Just give me a follow somewhere, YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram. I, I don't really hang out too much anywhere else. Like, you know, uh, like Facebook, I'll scroll Facebook, but then I get, I want to shoot myself in the head afterwards because <laughs> it's so fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really do. I mean, I'll, the same thing. I'll scroll Twitter, but I don't really respond too much on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Instagram and my website, Go check it out. Uh, I have a book, The Gospel Fire. I have a podcast, The Gospel Fire. So yeah, go check them out and, uh, you know, give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. Appreciate everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, you time this morning. All right. Take care, man. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriages never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we Championship Leadership Podcast.